When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 170 of the podcast that is sweeping America, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Great couple weeks of shows. Last week, if you missed it, Jason Brown, head coach of Last Chance U. He's, of course, made headlines after appearing with Matt Jones on Kentucky Sports Radio earlier this week. I also had Tyler Hero on Monday. I talked about Zion Williamson's record-setting shoe deal and I'm basically out of stuff to talk about, so I figured I'd ring up my old buddy, Nick Coffey. You can hear him 7 to 10 Eastern, 790 KRD in Louisville. Nick, did I get that right? I kind of forgot your times when I introduced you. It's been so long since I talked to you, man. You got it right. Yeah, your memory is good. You got it right. 7 Eastern AM, of course. East Coast time, and uh, glad to know whenever you run out of stuff to talk about, you bring me on. And this means you have a lot of faith in my, my ability to entertain with very little uh, content. Yeah, well, I, I have faith, and I'm basically just handing the show over to you. I literally, I'm out of stuff to talk about. I did the big Zion Williamson uh, uh, shoe rant the other day. I've done my college football betting picks in terms of my over-unders. I talked a little bit of Jim Harbaugh a few weeks ago when he was going after Urban Meyer for no particular reason. So I'm out of stuff. So I'm just going to hand you the show. I'm just going to sit here for the next like 45 minutes by myself, and I'll just listen to you talk. You ready to just talk for 45 minutes? What do you got? Go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, well, I, I would say this is easily the worst time of the year, especially if you're a diehard college sports fan and not a baseball fan because – Talking season has come and gone, meaning all the conference media days, which those things are, uh, I mean, those are really nothing anyway when it comes to substance, yet it feels like it's supposed to be. So, so many people fall for it and act like you're really learning anything and you're not. Uh, you also got Last Chance U. That's one of the many things that in recent years has kind of turned into a, well, I think college football season is around the corner, but all that's coming. I've already bench watched the entire book season of Last Chance U. We've now, we're getting into August, which means we've had a couple of months of the full summer. I'm completely tired of the hot weather already. I'm just ready for fall. I'm ready for football. And uh, I think the month of August might be the slowest month of the year because we got nothing when it comes to sports and we're just waiting impatiently for college football. And it just, you know, I, a lot of cliches you hear right now. Well, you know, college football's around the corner. No, it's not. It's going to drag on. We're going to have to wait. <laughs> These next 30 days are going to, the next 24 days, I should say, 
are going to feel like three months. Yeah, it's really funny. I was actually, first of all, it is exceptionally hot where I live, like 100 plus degrees every day. And I literally had that thought the other day of like, man, I just can't wait till it's like the first week of October. It'll be like 60 in in California. The first time that I turn on like that Penn State, Iowa 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff, and you see the, the 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 fog coming out of the helmets, the cold breath coming out of their helmets, and you feel like it's football, and it's the Big Ten, and you have the crappy games in the middle of the morning, and then you got uh, I don't know, like I said, some some reasonably good game at night, uh, and yeah, no, I, we have run out of stuff to talk about, and and I was actually talking to one of my radio producers, I think. From a college sports perspective, now from the NFL, you know, teams report to training camp this week. Uh, it helps a little bit. But from a college sports perspective, I actually think this week and last week may be the hardest because of the fact that, like you said, you have media days. And really, as you said, and I've actually done that rant too since you've since we've last spoken, but I've done the media days really don't give you anything rant, but it still is something to at least talk about. And then that's done. And then there's nothing to talk about after that. So you get all the hype and the excitement of media days. We're here. Nick Saban. Everybody's got a tan. Everyone's at the podium saying that they had the best offseason they've ever had. And then all of a sudden for like two weeks, there's no more new news. So I'm glad you're here. We're going to figure out some stuff to talk about. Real quick, I want to remind everybody, please make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. You can do it on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Pod Paradise, Podcast Addict if you have an Android like me. We are also now on Spotify. Also make sure to rate and review the show. Five stars are welcomed and encouraged. We appreciate everyone's support who's been giving us ratings. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. And any questions, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. All right, Nick. So I'll open up the floor to you. And, you know, this doesn't have to be one of those, you know, hour 15 deals that you and I sometimes get into. Uh, but I, I, I hate to say it. I've already said it like two or three times uh, since since you came on air here. I've literally talked about, I think, everything that is noteworthy to talk about. So I'm going to open it up to you. What has Nick Coffey excited, fired up? We are recording here on July 31st, the evening of. People will listen to it on August 1st. What has you excited on August 1st of 2019? Well, as far as excitement goes, man, I wish I had something to, I mean, I wish I had something to give you because I love college football. Like, just Here's what excites me, the thought of firing up the Bobata account. Haven't had it open in months. Oh, okay. And once college football season gets here, I'm going to probably be a degenerate, and I don't bet a lot of money, you know, 10, 15 bucks here and there just to get some action. Sure. That's what I'm excited about. But when it comes to the team that I like to see succeed and the team that I cover, I mean, that's been, that's what's made it the worst off season ever is because, you know, Louisville football, the Vegas win total is set at three and a half. And I can't talk myself into thinking they're going to win any more than that. And they open up the season against Notre Dame at home in prime time, and there's a good chance they're going to get blown out. So that's made it extremely tough because although I'm excited for college football, as far as like the fan in me, the overall success is, uh, is you know, I just don't think there's going to be much of it this year. So um, as far as talking points, you know, I, I talk for three hours each morning. And I will say this, I took last week off with a uh, vacation, and it was perfectly timed because I came back to work on Monday, and I don't feel like I really missed anything as no. far as um, talking points. But this week, I've, I've done three shows this week, and 
we've discussed uh, we've discussed the uh, LeBron James situation. Is he trying to steal the spotlight from his kid? Um, we've talked a lot about last chance you because I finished the season. I know you had Coach Brown on recently. He's actually going to come on my show uh, at some point this week. Um, I mean, this is where here, here this will give you an idea for where we are content-wise on my radio show. This is where people are calling and texting, saying, "Talk sports, damn it!" <laughs> and I just have to tell them, "Look, if you got something, bring it." Because you want me to talk ba- baseball? I got nothing. We talked actually. That's that's another example as to where we are in sports. We spent a lot of time today talking about that fight between the Reds and the Pirates, and I literally. I'm the least informed baseball fan of all time. So um, I'm kind of circling back here to kind of, you know, go back to where you started is that when it comes to things that are noteworthy, I mean, the Zion thing, um, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the shoe deal that the kid got that decided to go play in Australia. I mean, those are things that are right in the wheelhouse of what you do and what this show is, but you've been there, done that. I have. Real quick, LeBron, was he showing up his son or not? See, I am. There's a part of me that I think because LeBron has the deserved reputation of always trying to make it about him, yep. it's hard for me to criticize those that claim he's doing that because he's been guilty of doing that. That's kind of who he is. But I also can't watch it and, and, and genuinely be upset about it like he's doing something wrong. So uh, not to be middleman Dan, but that's kind of oh. where I'm at. I can see how people are uh, you know, criti- criticizing him. But at the end of the day, I do think maybe it's just because I am a LeBron fan. I do think he genuinely does enjoy watching his his play, and I do think hearing some of Bronny's teammates talk about LeBron's role and the impact he's had on them, I think that's made it look a little bit better. Um, but yeah, he's a little over the top. But it's one of those things where I wish I could get worked up because man, that'd be content for me. I'd love to to to, to, to hammer home on something like that. But I don't know what it is. I I think he's genuinely feeling it. So real quick, two things. One. Uh, I'll get back to LeBron in a second. Here's where we are in the sports calendar. So when you and I talk, when I host solo and I have to have my full concentration, I always make sure to um, to have the TV off because it's too distracting. When you're when you join me, I usually put on whatever is the big sporting event of the night just to kind of have it on in the background. You and I did a lot of Sunday nights last year, so I'd have on the Sunday night football game, et cetera, et cetera. I have on right now the MLS All Star Game. That's what's on TV right now as we oh, record. God. It's awful. They're not even. It's not even two teams. It's the MLS versus somebody else. But with LeBron, really quick, I'll just say it, and uh, we can move on because apparently it became this huge talking point. And I didn't really think it was going to become that. Um, I didn't really have. Weirdly, the dunking in the layup line wasn't like really that big of a deal to me because he he's done it again and again. I just thought the 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 running onto the court, losing your shoe running off, running back to get it, and then coming back on the court to chest bump your son. I just feel like if that was any other dad, not not that it's not because LeBron is famous. If that was any other dad, it would people would be screaming, "This is what's wrong with AAU basketball. This is why the FBI had to get involved. The, these parents are out of control and it's all, and it's like, but but because of LeBron, oh, it's cool. Like, no, it wasn't cool. I thought he totally made it about himself. I, I um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I thought he totally made it about himself. I think that there are plenty of perf- people are like, oh, he's just a proud dad. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's a proud dad too. 
His son's a D1 prospect. He doesn't do that stuff. Scottie Pippen's son is a freshman at Vanderbilt. He was playing AAU basketball for the last four years. Scottie Pippen didn't do that stuff. Kenny Martin's son was a uh, uh, three-star prospect who committed to Vanderbilt and now is apparently playing professional basketball. I never saw Kenny Martin doing that stuff. I just think LeBron made it totally about him, but I also it, the 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 dunking didn't bother me. It was the running onto the court and chest bumping. I just feel like if it was literally any other dad, it would be like a sign of the apocalypse and everything that's wrong with AAU basketball. No, you're right, and actually, it's funny that earlier today I was thinking, you know, if I'm an opposing team, and you know, you've got a bunch of random average Joes that are the dads. Let's just let them come out and warm up with their team too. Like dudes who are like yeah. in the 50s, like just like, you know, guys who work in like the stock market or maybe they are car salesmen. Just have them come out there. That's become a thing. I'm not sure if you saw these uh this new trend in college football recruiting where these oh, dads yeah. would get dressed up in uniforms with sure. their kids for the football visits. Like dad, the, the dad movement is a thing. Oh yeah. No, I actually forgot about that. But yeah, I, I would love that. Dad coming out in the the rec spec goggles and the uh, the headband, just uh, you know, just uh, working through the layup line and stuff like that. I thought it was preposterous. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just you know now that I'm married, maybe I'm just an old grumpy angry guy. I don't know. It was funny. I actually had somebody text me today. They're like, dude, you've been you've been quiet on social media the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, dude, honestly, man, everyone's just getting mad about everything. We need to get actual games back on. I just want to be a, a grumpy old married man in peace and quiet. I don't need to be arguing with people on social media. So the LeBron thing. I do think this has been, I don't know why. I mean, I can't put a finger on it because the calendar itself hasn't changed. But this to me seems like the deadest summer we've ever had. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, the sports we cover that we love, college football, college basketball primarily, like there just hasn't been a whole lot of sizzle. And, I guess, I don't know, but then again, I'm trying to think back to where we were at this time last year, even the year before, and I can't think of anything notable that was a big talking point yet. I don't know, man. I just, you and I have been doing these shows for a long time, and I, you know, I think we've been able to make it work thus far, but this was one where today, as we get set to record, I'm literally thinking like, this is not jack shit going on. There isn't, and let me throw out a hypothetical to you, and I think it'll actually lead to a good conversation. So, one, I generally tend to agree. It feels like there, there's absolutely nothing. And I know that once we get towards football, we're going to be excited. Like, I did a radio hit the other day, and we talked about week one, and all of a sudden you start thinking about Oregon-Auburn. You start thinking about the game you mentioned, Notre Dame-Louisville. You start thinking about Oklahoma-Houston. You start thinking about week two, LSU-Texas. And you start thinking, okay, like, that, that has me fired Like, LSU at Texas has me fired up. But here's why I bring it up. I feel like there has been less buzz in the offseason for college football specifically. Now, college basketball did us good. We got through April and May thanks to all those kids, you know, the high school kids committing late, Jaden McDaniels, Johnny Juzang, Cole Anthony, etc. Then we had Kerry Blackshear, which went almost until June, I believe. But football, I feel like there's never been less actual conversation this late in the calendar as there has been right now. And this is what I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is the conversation for today, is I think part of the reason that there's less conversation is because I think we're entering a year where everybody thinks that it is an inevitability that Alabama and Clemson 
will play again for the national championship, that even in a sport that has more money than ever, coaches are paid higher than ever, coordinators are paid higher than ever, everybody's got an indoor practice facility, everybody's got a juice bar at the facility, that even with all that, that it's going to end up inevitably being Clemson, Alabama. And I think that's part of the reason. I think like like we've done the whole, like, is this the year Jim Harbaugh breaks through conversation? Probably not. Is this the year Oklahoma figures it out on defense and they're as good on offense as they are on defense? Probably not. And so maybe is that – do you think that's what it could be? Because I just think that that might have something to do with it is the fact that I think everybody in college football really thinks that it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, that we're sitting here on uh, July 31st, August 1st, and we already know who's going to play for the national championship in six months. That's certainly a factor, but also not just that. I mean, last year there were genuine I – mean, even the bookings last year, yet nobody looked at those teams as um, – you know, darlings that, you know, were uh, the Cinderella type story. They were really good. But think about it. There was the Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence conversation yep. last year that that generated a lot of buzz. And obviously, Tua and Jalen Hurts, that was a, I mean, there was, there was legitimate drama from, from Alabama's camp where Jalen Hurts was talking to the media and basically claiming that his feelings were hurt, that he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a discussion about the quarterback situation. So, uh, look, I, that, that stuff helps us have talking points. So, that not only do we have two teams that clearly look like they've created such a huge gap between them and everybody else, but we already kind of know what we know about them. There's not really anything. I mean, in a way, these teams aren't exactly the same. But Alabama's offense brings back a ton of production. Uh, Two has got a, you know some great receivers. Uh, Clemson's got uh, Trevor Lawrence, a guy who uh, I can't think of a quarterback uh, that has been looked at to be such a future NFL star like him, and Dabo's sort of created Clemson. I mean, Clemson has now easily caught Bama in, in the last four years, and I think this is a year where whoever wins this one can claim they've, they've you know, slightly edged the other. But, um, you know, one of the random things that just kind of came to my mind the other day, thinking of college football, and, of course, it relates to these two teams, is that I kind of feel like because Trevor Lawrence and Clemson pretty much punked Bama last year in that championship game, and it wasn't close, and and obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been the star of college football since that game. Like people kind of, it sounds crazy because we all know it's Bama, Clemson, one A, one B. But like I think people are slightly forgetting just how dominant Tua was yeah. before he had the minor injury. Like this is a guy who changed the way Nick Saban was was, was calling the offense, and obviously he put up some insane numbers throughout the year, playing a good schedule, and he wasn't even playing the whole game because they were blowing teams out. So. Um, that's sort of, to me, is one of the, uh, is a sneaky angle, given the fact that nobody's forgetting about them and nobody's doubting them. But Tua was sensational last year, and I just think because he was banged up at the end of the year, Hurts had to come in in that SEC championship game, and obviously, I don't think he was even at 100% in the title game. Um, so that's kind of one of the weird, the weird you know, and, and, and you and I talked about this on the show uh, at length, and it's another talking point that I kind of forgot about. It's almost insane that he didn't win the Heisman. Like, it, yep. it, Tyler really had a great year, but like, uh, when I randomly think about last year's Heisman, I forgot how just dumbfounded I was that Tua got, got jobbed. Yeah, that's, and that's when you started talking Tua, that's exactly what I was going to say is that. I think because Kyler Murray showed himself pretty well in the college football playoff, but I think more because he became basically the only talking point in the NFL draft, and he became the number one overall pick, I should add, and he looks Made everybody forget about it. Exactly. I feel like, like, like 
Because all of that happened, specifically the fact that he was basically the only talking point in the NFL draft for six weeks, like, we forget, that was insane. Like, like you know, and it's funny, Nick, like, all these um, things that happen in sports, you, whatever it is, whether it's a voting or whatever, you're not really surprised anymore because there's so much coverage of all this stuff, and I'm trying to think of kind of an example, but you're never really surprised because there's so much coverage that you kind of know where everything is going before it happens, right? It's like kind of following, like, college basketball recruiting is, like, very rarely at this point, do we have a kid that genuinely just shocks everybody and nobody has any idea where he's going? Usually, you know, he's got the graphics made and the recruiting analysts have already talked to him and, you know, the recruiting analysts are kind of saying without saying, hey, he's going to this school. And so, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are examples of it, but there aren't many kids in this like recruiting era that you're just like, wow, I was not expecting that. And so I bring it up because that was kind of like the Heisman. It's like, yeah, like Joe Tessitore comes on my TV every year and says, this is where the votes are coming in from. And, you know, I, I tally the Heisman and uh, 87% of the people that I talk to have Tua. And so I think that because of that, it was stunning. I mean, I remember prepping for my Saturday radio show, having it on in the background as if it was a foregone conclusion that Tua was going to win the Heisman. And then there was Kyler Murray holding up the trophy. And I remember being dumbfounded, being stunned for all the reasons that you said Tua completely changed Alabama's offense. And I will say, I think as dominant as Alabama has been in the regular season, the combination of losing in the championship game the way they did to Clemson and having Tua, I still think, and me and you might be the only ones that even remember this, I think he was robbed of the Heisman. I think they're going to even have an extra chip on their shoulder more so than they've had, which is kind of scary to think about. Oh, Nick Saban. I mean, look, he's had years where he's not won the national championship. I remember the Oklahoma game a few years ago in the Sugar Bowl where they kind of got humbled. But that, and, and not to say that was a fluke, but like the the beating that Clemson handed them and Nick Saban really not being himself, like it's a scary thing because, I mean, the conversations we were having about Saban prior to that championship game, and I shouldn't say we because I can't speak for you, but I started to think, does this guy get bored? Is he going to go find a new challenge? He's already conquered college football. Well, now he's hungry, and I think that's a scary thing um, for, for, for the rest of college football. And look, when it comes to last year with Tua and Heisman, look, I think he was just a victim of Alabama's overall success because they have been dominant for a long time, and they've done it with a bunch of bums at quarterback. And he's a special one, and I just I was I was amazed that there weren't people that used their brain to realize that this is not your average Alabama team. Nick Saban completely changed what they do offensively because he realized he had a sensational quarterback. Yeah, that's actually you know as as I as I try to sit and listen to the national talking heads to get things to discuss, I'm surprised that hasn't come up more often. Yeah, I think that I mean from a, a national perspective out like in the college football world. I, yeah, I and and this is kind of what I'm talking about though is that I feel like because Kyler became such a talking point in the um in the draft process. In the draft. Yeah, like it's just it has completely changed everything. By the way, another one that that has been a hot topic on this show. The fact that Georgia First of all, I think we're giving them a little bit too much credit coming into the season. But the fact that they lost the SEC championship game and tried to use that as validation to get themselves into the playoff, that's another insane one that I feel like people are just kind of glossing over. They're like, yeah, you know, Georgia, they're they're catching up to Bama, they're creeping up. And I'm like, their whole resume was that they almost beat Bama and didn't and blew a 14-point fourth quarter lead. That's insane to me. That's another one. 
By the way, did, did, that's why that's why they. I mean, they're they're hanging on. I mean, the optimistic approach for Georgia is that yeah, there was two meetings with Alabama where they led for all but what ninety seconds in both games and they lost. Yes, that means you were there, you competed. Um, but there's also another way to look at that, man, and that is. If you were going to do it, you would have done it in one of those two games. Like, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams meet again, and it's not close. Well, and that's what I was going to say is I think, first of all, you know, I, I'm starting a new writing job this week. People that follow me on Twitter will, will see it uh, at Aaron underscore Torres. But one, I don't ever remember a program getting more credit for not winning games than Georgia. They also, by the way, lost by three touchdowns to LSU last year. People forget. And so this is kind of one of the things that, that I, I think is fascinating coming into the season with college football, people are saying Georgia's right on the doorstep of Bama. I think you can actually make a legitimate case that their best window to beat them has already closed because Jacob Fromm, Jake Fromm is coming back, but they lost a bunch of guys on defense. Shout out to Jake Fromm's mom. Oh, your girl. I forgot about her. I forgot about her. People, Google. If you have not seen Jake Fromm's mom, mm-hmm. go ahead and do that. It's okay. You pause the show, hit Google, you won't regret it. Not if you're driving, though. If you're driving, two hands on the wheel, 10 and 2, you can do it after. But shout out to Jake Fromm's mom. Um, but they lost basically every receiver that they had. They lost a, a couple of running backs. They lost a bunch of guys on defense. And oh, by the way, you know what else? Dan Mullen, I think, is way better than I realized during his Mississippi State years. Florida won 10 games last year with Jim McElwain scraps. And I think Florida's in their rearview mirror, and I've said this on this show, and I've said it on basically every radio show I've done, I think Georgia may have already missed their best window to beat Bama, one, and two, I think Florida's coming in the rearview mirror really fast. I just think Georgia's a total fraud. I haven't come up with my nickname for them yet. I don't know if they're the, like the Bernie Madoff of college football or what. I haven't come up with anything clever yet, but... I just think they're a total fraud, and I think that I think that their be, their best window, their biggest window, has already closed, and I think Florida's coming for them. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Their best window probably has closed because I mean they were they were a really good team last year. But look, results matter. That's one of the things that always just angers me that we talk about. Well, the best team it doesn't matter. The best team's got to get in. Well, no, it's not what you do. Look, you could take a team that is built. I mean, no better example than last chance you. There was literally no debate that the Independence team of 2018 had more talent than any other junior college team in the country. They went two and eight. I love how you say that definitively. I love how you say that definitively, as if you know. Like, man, let me tell you, I studied Garden City's depth chart, and I'm telling you, it wasn't even close, man. It wasn't even close. Well, I listened to Jason Brown talk to you, and he talked about (laughs) how they usually had the most talent. So I'm going to take him at his word. What'd you think, by the way? What'd you think? Let's switch to last chance. Um, you, We're, I'm off Georgia. I'm over Georgia. I I, I really really like uh, his um, his. I don't want to say maybe personality because I I just he to me is very, he's he's great for television because I think he's raw and real. I don't think there's anything um, scripted or there's no attempt from him to doctor it up and be cute for the cameras. I think what you see is what you get, and that's what makes somebody good for a show like that. Um, I also believe when he says he doesn't really get bothered by people hating him. I mean, he pretty much told you that he actually loves it. He was on KSR earlier this week and said it turns him on to know that people hate him. Like he, and I believe him. So um, I, obviously he's a, he's a little over the top, and some of the degrading comments he makes to 
to to his players. I can understand why they would really rub people the wrong way. But what I really kind of focused on this week as I finished the show is that they don't tell the whole story. Now, obviously, it's reality. He's not acting. But if this guy was truly a scumbag, he wouldn't. I mean, he has nearly 100% support from all of his players because although there, there is tough love, he, they also realize he genuinely cares about him. I don't know if you watched the first two seasons. Um, the first coach, obviously, uh, was super Buddy. successful, and he was also a hothead. I, I don't think you could make this show what it is without coaches that are polarizing that people kind of like to hate. But I don't know if, if he, Buddy Stevens, cared about his players quite like Jason Brown does, because although he was tough on them and said some things that you probably shouldn't say to anybody, but these guys still love him. And I just, I'm blown away by those guys who come out and just said that, dude, you got it all wrong. This guy is, he's a real one. And I don't know, I guess that's five kind. I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan necessarily because I don't know him personally, but I can appreciate somebody who is in front of a camera. And I believe that it's not an act at all. I think that's genuinely who he is. So I swear you and I, you and I literally haven't talked since the last time you were on our, on my show, which I think was like three or four weeks ago. And, it, and it's so funny because I've had so many of the same reactions. So this was the first year, you know, my my previous fiance, my now wife, you know, she always kind of hears in the background. She's like, what are you watching? And so uh, I, it was actually the week that I interviewed Jason Brown. I went back and watched a couple old episodes from last season to prep for the interview. And she started watching with me and she got really into it. And we're watching this season together. And so great television, it's great television. And for people who don't know. My wife is a marriage family therapist, and she deals with a lot of children from broken homes, single parent homes. Like literally, her job is kind of similar to Jason Smith or Jason uh, Brown. I tell her all the time, if Jason Brown gets another job, she should go be the Brittany Wagner of Jason Brown's next program because they need her. But it was really funny because a couple things. So first of all, what you said about Buddy Stevens is so true. Is that, and I told her this, as I said, if you go back and watch the first two seasons. That coach won a lot of games, but I don't ever get the sense that he cared about the players. It was about him. It was about the program. It was about elevating his brand. It was about continuing their success, but I don't think he gave a crap about those kids. And, you know, with Jason Brown right away, I don't know, man, man, you know, I mean, I played all kinds of sports growing up. I know you did too, Nick, and you could just tell the difference between a coach that really cares and really doesn't. And even before he came on the show, and I, I know you did listen to the interview, and I appreciate you doing it, is I said to him, like, on the interview, I'm like, bro, I don't know you, but I like you because I, I truly believe that you have those kids' best interests in your heart, even if it doesn't always come out that way. And so it's funny to watch it with my now wife because, you know, she took it from the perspective, he shouldn't be swearing, he shouldn't be yelling, this and that, and we just got to the episode uh, last night. So I'm, I'm not even finished with the season yet. Obviously, I'm pretty far in. I don't mean to do, ruin any spoilers, but let's just say a very prominent quarterback was thrown off the team, and they have a team meeting, and the coach said, you know, the players say to the coach, we love you, coach, we'd do anything for you. And I said, see, I said to my wife, I said, see, you know, you can yell and scream and not be a jerk because that is the crowd that you deal with. And that was one thing, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you in a second, Nick, is that I really wanted to get across when I interviewed him, is that we always hear from the coaches that we cover, Nick, that you can't have too many knuckleheads in the locker room because too many knuckleheads in the locker room poison the whole locker room. And all he has is knuckleheads. All he has 
is guys that have nowhere else to go, as he said, uh, you know, single-parent homes, no-parent homes, kids that have children of their own. I think he said on Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones that two out of his 200 players came from a two-parent home. And so for me, I know that we want to live in this PC world where you shouldn't be yelling at them and you shouldn't be swearing at them, but it's like sometimes kids need that. And when you have a group full of kids like that, a group that is literally on their last chance, which is why they call it last chance you, you got to be tough on them. And so I've never had a problem with him. And I'm so glad that even though it didn't work out well, that he's doing this media tour because I do think it's giving a lot of people a lot of perspective that they wouldn't have had otherwise. No doubt. And uh, I, I think these guys that he coaches – they can they can sense if you're a phony or not, and I think they 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 realize with him what you see is what you get. There's no there's no bullshit about it. That's he's he's hard on you, but he's you know one of the things he's also said in interviews I've heard for every he, he told his staff this for every mf'er you throw you got to make sure you give some love too each time you do it because that's kind of how it all comes together. And they don't necessarily show that side of it, but I think with Buddy Stevens, he was a coach that. His players could tell that deep down he didn't really care about them. And sure. that's why at times when things got tough, they crumbled, they left, and they were bitter. I mean, the Ronald Ollie guy who ended up leaving there and played, played briefly at Nickel State and actually signed for the Raiders this past year and just got cut up this week, like he's a guy who any chance he gets, he talks about how much he still hates Buddy Stevens. So um, I think those guys, I mean, even, and I don't want to give any spoilers, even you, but in the end of the show, they, they even though it happened much later, it much happened much later after the season ended, they do show him getting fired and everything. And they play that out, and they're talking to, they've got the camera on a few of the guys on the team, and they're not like, you know, up in arms crying because he got fired, but they're just defending him and claiming that, you know, he ain't that, you know. He's he ain't that bad. He's he's, he's great to us. So you're right. I think this media tour lets him kind of express sides of the story that nobody else really knows because the show didn't show that. But one thing though is that I believe him when he says it doesn't bother him that he's portrayed to be this villain. Like a lot of people say they don't care what people think, but it's a huge lie. It's human nature. It's natural to be bothered by the perception of what if it's not true. I believe him when he he says he really doesn't give a damn. I I agree. No, I agree because to me, um, he listen. I think he's a guy, and something that I took out of talking to him. And full disclosure, I haven't listened to all of Matt Jones's interview with him, or frankly, I don't think I've even listened to really any other interview with him. Is that he's basically unapologetic for what he's done, and I don't remember if I even explicitly asked him, "Do you regret anything?" But you can tell just by the way he acts and the way he answers questions that, no, I don't apologize. And and, and he said, uh, you know, when he spoke with me is that, you know, is that um, basically that, um, what did he say? I'm trying to remember what he said. But, oh, he said that basically the football locker room is the most intimate setting. And, yes, I'm tough on kids. And, yes, I say things that aren't okay in normal society. But, up until the last couple of years, those things never got out of the locker room. And so when he says that he doesn't mind being the villain, I believe it because one, uh, you know, we have two seasons of a TV show to reflect it. But two, I think he's a guy that's comfortable in his own skin. I think he's a guy that's comfortable. I mean, he's a guy that openly talks about the value that he particularly has at the junior college level, kind of. And he said it on my show and he said it in other interviews, I'm sure. I take broken kids. 
I fix him better than anybody in the country. And so I'm not surprised that he considers himself, um, you know, that he doesn't uh, consider himself to be a bad guy or anything like that. And he does, he's not apologetic and stuff. That was really kind of the one thing that I took out of the interview was I just thought that I really appreciated and frankly really liked the fact that in this era, in this world, it'd be so easy to just say, I screwed up, I shouldn't have texted what I texted. And he's kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of mad it got out, but like I text worse stuff than that all the time. And like, you know, this is just the one that got out, you know? Yeah, apparently he he turned down the show initially just because he didn't know much about it. Didn't He, he claimed to not really know anything about the original first two seasons, which I found that kind of hard to believe. I just don't know. How are you a junior college coach and not know that East Mississippi Community College is being featured and getting so much attention? But nonetheless, he initially turned it down, and then he talked to some of his younger staff members, and they were like, dude, this could be huge. This could change everything. And it kind of did. And in fact, um, there were a couple of assistant coaches that apparently took jobs at Independence for nothing because they knew they were going to be on the huh. show and they hoped they would change their career. And um, that just goes to show you that this, I mean, this show is insanely popular, yeah. like world worldwide. It, it's, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if he never ends up servicing as a coach or anything like that, but he is, I mean, this guy's turned into a, I mean, he's a, I don't say mega superstar because he's just a football coach and they had a camera on it during the season, but like this show has got so much attention. And, and again, he's, he's the reason for it. Oh, 100%. And I'll tell you this. So, obviously, you know, when I looked him up and I, you know, I was one of the first people to get an interview with him uh, three, four weeks ago. And I think he had like 39,000 Twitter followers. And I know Twitter isn't the be all end all. I'm looking at his Twitter account right now. He's at 72,400. And so I bring that up because clearly he's a captivating figure. And I think he has played this masterfully. And I, and I do think. I do think he's a good guy, and I do think he has his player's best interest at heart. I know he's got some legal stuff that he's dealing with, but I really do wonder. I like. I think he's because of the way this is playing out, and because it's very public, and because his guys are going to bat for him, and because he's out there. Like I think he's going to parlay this into somehow getting another job. Now, like I said, there's some legal things that are going to have to be figured out. But I think with with everything that he's done over the last uh, three or four weeks since the show has come out, I think it's worked out really well. And I'll say this as far as you saying that it's uh, way more popular than I think most folks realize. You know, I like to take pride and I, I think we do a pretty good show, Nick, whether, you know, when you join me and then on days when I do it myself, I think I do a pretty good show. Um, but look, it caters to a certain audience. And I've had so many people that I know don't regularly listen to this show, which is fine. It's not for everybody. Nothing is for everybody that have tuned in just to hear him because they were so fascinated to hear what he had to say. Oh, I, I, I've shared that he's going to be on with me, and there are people that I'm, I'm just now learning. They realized I was, I did radio full time. That was my gig. <laughs> said, oh, you're going to ask Coach, you're going to ask Coach, Coach Brown. And I'm like, yeah. And, and so no, it's, it's. But there, I know a bunch. A lot of my buddies. Their wives aren't sports fans at all, and they have gotten sucked into this show because, you know, a lot of reality TV gets a bad rep for good reason. It's called trash reality TV. This to me, although again, it is LA, they they, they leave out some things to add drama to help the storylines and really to make it a a full product that's going to be, um, you know, uh, interesting or whatnot. But it's it's 
to me, I don't think there's, you know, again, they leave some things out, but everything you see is really what happens. And I think even the average eye, even the, somebody who wouldn't even know what it's like in the college football world, I think you can tell that pretty clearly. And that's what people like. They like to see the behind the scenes stuff. And look, you, you've had other shows that give you, like, for example, U of L football, Louisville football is going to have an all access show on the ACC network. That's one of the original programs. Uh, that they're going to launch when they launch this network. And it will not be raw, real, and uncut like this. It's going to be what they want you to see. You know what I mean? And then, then I'm still going to watch it. It'll probably be fun for me because I'm a little guy. But last chance you, there's nothing. I mean, they don't go to these coaches and say, hey, do this show with us because we're going to make you look great. That's not the understanding. They know going in it's going to be it's going to be completely real and there's no there's nothing scripted. There's no acting. And I think regardless if you're a sports fan or not, people get sucked into that and they just can't get enough of it. Going to completely switch gears real quick. I know Jason Brown. Oh, I think I... Can you hear me? I just dropped my fucking yes. phone. Cool. I'll, I'll edit that part out. Um, so, all right, let's, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. All right, we could completely change gears here. Jason Brown is obviously an incredibly compelling character. What do you make of the PA announcer for Independence? I mean, does does anybody, first of all, does anybody love their job more than the PA announcer at Independence? And then two, I mean, come on. The 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 Dream U and Team Ad- that guy is complete. I don't think I, as much as Jason Brown loves the camera, I think that guy loves the camera that much more. That's my other like compelling well, hot they've, take. They've featured him way more in this second season with the Independence than they did the first one. And what's bizarre is you're right. He was a little the, the, the initial interviews where he was like, "Look, we're the team of destiny." It's, yep. This is Dream You. Like, that to me, of everything in the show, I, I think he believed in it and he meant it, but that was a little corny. But also, what, what's kind of unfortunate is that just listening to him, like, that's that's the one of the, when they show the action and what's happening in the game with his call, that's awesome. Like, he's good at what he does. He certainly loves what he does. But, yeah, he was a little. Uh, he was a little bit. He was a little bit into the camera, and it, and actually, you go back and watch season three. He was featured and he was around, but he was a much different character. It's almost like he he probably watched himself quite a bit in season three, thinking he wanted to kind of uh, you know step it up a little bit in season four. But I, I will say this though, there's something very commendable about somebody. First of all, there's there's some there's something that I respect about anybody. If you love your job. I don't care if you're a school teacher, a radio host, a podcast host, a janitor. Uh, it doesn't matter. If you love your job and you get up every day and you're fired up to do it, I respect the hell out of you. And you can tell that guy loves his job. And I and it's especially commendable. Like it's one thing if you're Dan Patrick or Jim Rome or Nick Coffey, you get to you're the voice of of Louisville sports fans, right? But I mean, Independence Community College. Like, like sometimes I sit there watching the show, and I'm like, I wonder how many people are listening to this coach's show that's on, like, whatever that's from Slider Sports Bar or whatever. That I'm like, how many people are actually listening to this? How many people care enough to tune into this? And you can tell that he loves the job. And I, I, and I'm kind of being a jerk here because it'd be so easy to just be like, dude, I'm, I'm like a community college, like play-by-play guy, like. Nobody's listening. Who cares? And you can just tell he loves it. And I love him for it. I love that he loves it. Well, and another thing is a lot of those gigs normally 
go-to kids that are students who are trying to get into it. <laughs> That's true. So they're, they're, they're enthusiastic because it's like their first time doing that, and they're probably not even making any money. This dude's like in his 50s. Yeah. He's, I mean, I don't, think he's, I don't think he's trying to climb the ladder of broadcasting, <laughs> but yeah, that's another aspect that makes it interesting is that you know, one thing, if it was like a young... I mean, you can go back and listen to the radio calls of teams from very small conferences that make games have a like, tournament. You can tell that the student is doing it. Sure. And, you know, this guy's... I don't know what he does. I mean, that can't be his full-time job just calling the games because I don't think there's much, there's much money generated. Uh, from that, but uh, yeah, you're right. If you love what you do, then then you know who am I to say that uh, you know you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't be enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I just I just watched that and I'm like, okay, so the town has like ten thousand people in it. There's easily like five six thousand people at the stadium. Who is listening to the radio call of Independence One? And then two, who's like, oh, it's Tuesday, you know, like. Like, honey, uh, you know, uh, turn down the TV. Turn down Jeopardy. The coach's show is on right now. Considering that, by the way, the coach's show is probably within a five-minute drive of every Independence fan in the freaking country. They could just go down to Slider Sports Bar and just go to the coach's show. I don't know. So, you know, the things that you think about during Last Chance You. Anything on Last Chance You that we haven't hit on? Anything on uh, the Jason Brown interview? Anything on college football? I mean, we got plenty more time to break down all this stuff. So. Yeah, one thing to, before we wrap it up, I will say, I don't know what it was. They're great people. They, they are huge influences for these young men that move on and play at a four-year institution. But for some reason, I just wanted to skip every scene when they were showing the teachers in this one. I mean, Brittany Wagner, I didn't really care for her either. In fact, I thought she was a little, I thought she was a little over the top with her. Um, you know, I think she was kind of acting a little bit, if that makes sense. I'm sure she was genuinely caring about her kids, but nonetheless, I wasn't a fan of her. But the teacher that was helping the KD kid who ended up at Arkansas State, um, and then like the young hipster dude that was like, you know, <laughs> the you philosophy gotta focus, professor. you got to focus, bro. Like that, I don't know what it was. And again, it's not like I'm criticizing them as people because they matter. They certainly help those guys. But I just, I wanted to skip the scene every time they talked. Dude, he's a philosophy professor, and he's like, "Come on, bro, you're not really gonna get a zero in this class, bro. Come on, you gotta, you gotta dig deep, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta reach for what's inside you." <laughs> it was unbelievable. No, it's true, it's true. And I like the teacher last season that dealt a lot with Bobby Bruce. She wasn't as involved in this uh, season for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, the teachers this year, they weren't really, uh, you know, they weren't really, uh, super inspiring, but yeah, the philosophy professor, he was always great. You know, class was always outside, you know, the, 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 the student teacher conference was always outside. Uh, and yeah, it was a trip. So anything else? Well, he and the, the philosophy teacher is one that I also felt like was kind of really like wanting to be speech. Like he, to me, he seemed to really be doing it up to the camera. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Anything else on last chance? You anything else on? We haven't talked about that's on your mind right now. Um, you could say no. I want to congratulate you on your marriage. Oh, that's, I guess I can do that here on the show. I haven't done that yet on the show, so congratulations to you. Welcome to the married club. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I um, you know, listen, things are good. I I think I sound more mature since since that day. I. Uh, it's weird. I have this sudden urge to just uh, eat dinner every night at four o'clock and, and get to bed. But <laughs> other than that, no, it's uh, it's been pretty much the same. It's been pretty much the same. It's uh, that's that's normal. Everybody acts like things change. They don't. Well, it was weird for the people that weren't at the wedding because ever you know how it is. Like you've been married. It's like 
the people that aren't at the wedding, like, oh, like, how was it? Tell me all about it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it was a wedding. Yeah, like we walked down the aisle. Everyone said I do, so that was good. Um, we got really drunk. Uh, there was an actual earthquake during my wedding, which was kind of crazy that I didn't even feel. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. I hear that's a good look. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers during my wedding, which was kind of crazy because um, – it was wild. That was the one thing. That was one of the things that I'll remember about the wedding is we're all on the dance floor. And my buddy who actually works for Colin Cowherd's radio show, he's a huge NBA fan. And he pulls me aside. He goes, bro, Kawhi and Paul George to the Clippers. And, you know, we're all a little hazy and whatever. And like Kawhi registers. Okay. Like, yeah, we're, he's thinking about going to the Clippers, blah, blah, blah. But you're like Paul George, what? Like, like Paul, and and it was funny because there's pictures. You're thinking from, where the hell that came from? Ex- well, exactly, and you know, you read the reports the next day, and it makes sense. He asked for a trade, all that stuff. But like, uh, but it was just crazy in the moment. You're like, how did this happen? And it was funny because they, um, there's a picture of about four or five of us just on the corner of the dance floor, uh, just all looking at our phones, like refreshing Woj's Twitter feed to uh to try and figure out what was going on so that was i mean it was a great night we all had fun uh we are doing our honeymoon in august so for listeners of the show i'm gonna try to figure out a way to get some episodes out while i'm gone um but we are doing our honeymoon end of august and uh and yeah man thank you thank you i appreciate it and it was uh it was definitely a fun weird wild summer it's nice to like have my weekends back where you know how it is like the few weeks before the wedding the it's planning like planning and all yeah, that oh yeah it's just a tactic man i'm not a meetings guy this is why i don't do well in an office setting i, I don't do it well anywhere where people want me to meet i'm just kind of like let me know what you need me to do and i'll do it i i don't like even when i do radio like just producer text me what you think is important i'll figure it out so doing the planning and the meetings not really my thing so it's nice to have my time back but it was fun and uh and yeah man that was really it nothing i wish there was like some fun stories to report and it was a fun night don't get me wrong but uh but yeah so well enjoy your honeymoon man and then once you get back from that then then it gets then it gets to the uh the best part of the year where college football gets rolling and we get right into basketball and uh we just kind of forget about these these boring summer months oh yeah absolutely and uh by the way people are gonna be mad at me but we are taking our, our honeymoon during week zero of the college football season because, you know, I know it's a very it's a big social faux pas to uh, to to do a wedding or a honeymoon during college football season. But that was kind of the only time the hotel situation and flights and everything. It worked out best to go that week. So uh, we leave. I come back and literally I get back the Friday that college football begins. So within 24 oh, hours, perfect. we will have Auburn, Oregon. Uh, all the other games that are on that day, Alabama, Duke, and I think that's it, Nick. One last call. Anything else before I let you go? No, I think that does it. It was good to reunite, my man. It's good to reunite. Nick will be back uh, hopefully more regularly. This is, of course, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, and as always, make sure to subscribe iTunes Podcast Addict for the Android users. You can now download on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Give us a quick five stars. Uh, Hit us up on Instagram, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Shout out to our guy, Torrent Craig, and we will be back next week.